Good to see you this morning. And uh, we're going to look at something of water. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, but they shall be filled. And if we are thirsting after the water of life, that's the key, isn't it? To living water. I, uh, in your word, the word of God, you have two outstanding instances. One in the book of Exodus, where uh, the people were running out of water and, you know, they complained. And in a spiritual sense, this sometimes happens. When you find a grumpy congregation, you generally something that there's lacking the spirit there. You see, water is a type of the Holy Spirit. And when, the, uh, when Moses was faced with this, uh, God told Moses to take him and the elders, and he told them to come to a place where he would be above the rock. And then Moses was to strike the rock and the water would come out. Well, you might say that was interesting, but that has a great impact to it because God was involved in it. God was above the rock. The rock was smitten once, and it only needed to be smitten once for all. And sufficient water came to water that entire group of people, hundreds of them, thousands of them, and the water poured out. What, a, what an illustration. In the scriptures, we find too, in the New Testament, we find one who was lifted up and above him stood the glory of God for God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Out of him comes the living water. The living water, that if you partake of that living water and keep drinking, you'll never thirst again. That's the great truth. That living water will cleanse the soul because it's clean water. The Bible tells us in the book of Ezekiel, he said, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. You know, it's, uh, sometimes some people get reluctant about being cleaned. I can remember when I was a little boy, I was told to go and wash my face. Well, my idea of face was rather small, like around here. You know? My mother's idea of face was a, a quite a bit larger. It included neck and ears and everything else. 
And that, I, I protested somewhat. I said, that was my ears. That's not my face. And so my father, dear man, he wrote a, a little poem for me in which he said, I should be glad I didn't have a neck like a young giraffe and I didn't have ears like an elephant. But you see, when God does a clean work in your heart, he wants all the ways of us. And when he gives us the illustration of water, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit with the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from all sin. Too often we run short of that. We, have, we become nibblers of the possible rather than grabbers of the impossible. But God says, all things are possible to him that believeth. We need to get beyond ourselves and say, Lord, I believe. I'll enter in and have the fullness of the blessing. Well, there's story of the water. It flowed. Not because Moses had hit the rock. Not because there was the glory of God above that rock. Not because the people were grumpy and thirsty. But he was representing the greater redemption of our Lord and Savior. But above that cross, there shines the glory. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And from that cross, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin, from the guilt of sin, from the power of sin. I've seen men, I've worked with men quite a bit, men who have been down in the gutter. You would give them up for hopeless, so would I. But God didn't. And when they came under the sound of the gospel and they heard the good news that Jesus Christ could save to the uttermost all them that come unto God by him. These men were transformed. They had found the living water. They had found that the blood of the Savior is still effective. The word of God, you know, doesn't put it in a past tense. Did you notice? When it speaks of the blood cleansing, it says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth. Speaking of a present tense, it speaks of an instant, of course, when it starts. There's an instant when I give myself to my Savior, but there's a constant in when he can keep me by his love and power. There's an instant when the Christian who is bothered with things inside of him can say, oh, Lord, cleanse my heart. Not only wash away my sins. You know, we have, we have several things. We sing... What can wash away my sins? That's a beautiful song, isn't it? That tells me of the past life. But there's another song written by Herbert Booth that I remember. Lord, through the blood of the lamb that was slain, cleansing for me. That goes to the deeper nature. That deals with who I really am. That gets to the nitty gritty of my whole being. When I'm starting out in life as Christian, it says if I'm walking in the light, I'll come to that crisis where God can cleanse. And then there's that great song we sing. 
there's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Well, this whole story was illustrating that. It brought to the minds of these. You see, the Bible, the old, the, the New Testament is, is like hid or concealed in the Old Testament. But when you think of washing clean, God was not just illustrating the character or not just recording a story just about washing their bodies or getting their thirst quenched. He was giving to us a spiritual illustration. He's able to wash and cleanse and quench our thirst. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come to me. Of course, the problem is too many. They quench that thirst because they are thirsting for other things. There's the old song that says, there's no thirsting for life's pleasure nor adorning rich or gay. I found a richer treasure, one that fadeth not away. Is not this the land of Beulah, precious land of light, where the sun is ever shining? Uh, that's it. We need something of that, doesn't we? And so here in this great illustration, we have this as a little, a little commencement to our thought to, today out of water that cleanse. And now, we have another story of water in the New Testament. Uh, as I go over to the New Testament, I find the story of this woman, a woman by the well. You will remember her. She came to Jesus. Well, Jesus came to her. It's wonderful when we say we come to the Lord, but do you know the Lord seeks us out? He stopped me. He found found me. Oh, what a wonderful day. No wonder they sing that song. And so here this woman in the, in the fourth chapter of John tells of this woman. She was at the well. At an odd time in the eastern countries, you don't go to the well at noon hour around, you know. Why? Because she was a woman with a bad reputation. It tells you that later. And so as Jesus came, he asks her, give me some water to drink. And she looks at him. She said, sir, you're a Jew. You know, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. How come you're walking, asking me water? And then he told her, if you knew who spoke to you, he would give you living water that you'd Never thirst. Well, she's still a little thick upstairs, like some of us. And she said, well, give me that water so I don't have to come to this well. But he wasn't speaking of that. He was speaking of eternal life. And then he, she was a bit on the argumentative side. She said, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And Jesus said, the time will come where neither... Neither of us were worth in Jerusalem or Samaria, but those who worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. And then he said, go and call your husband. And she said, well, I have no husband. She said, that's true. The fellow you're living with isn't your husband neither. And uh, so this really hit her hard. And then he spoke to her heart. Well, this 
so transformed that woman that she rushed down. She left her water pot, went down to the city, told these men, this man told me all that I've ever done. Well, they weren't too happy with that thought because you'd involved some of them. And so up they went and they heard him. But what he told them was a telling of mercy, of love, of forgiveness, of power to live the new life. This is what the living water pictures to us. And to us here, we can thirst and still draw, and that thirst can be satisfied. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, they shall be satisfied. As I'm speaking this morning uh, to you, are you hungering? Are you thirsting? Is there someone here who has never tasted that the Lord is good? This is the day, that this is the very morning that you can meet the master. This is the time when he can meet you and it's not a big complicated thing. It's just say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, all there is of me. I'm turning from the past. I'm turning to Jesus as my Lord and Savior and you will find that he will give you the water of life. There will be water of life that will not, you will not be thirsting for the things of the world again. I think of this. We have, when we think of the whole thing, there is a complete cleansing for us as believers. You know that you don't have to go around half clean. Listen, you wouldn't be satisfied if you... You wouldn't be satisfied you had some character in your house that was only half clean, would you? No, no, no. And, and if he came in and was upset in his stomach and never that was never cleaned out, that's pretty bad too. You want him clean inside and out. And the Lord doesn't do a half clean job. He forgives the sins of the past. He saves us from the guilt and the power of sin. He delivers us. He sets a man who was bound as free. He becomes a new person. Like the guy on the skid road that we had one time, he was just, oh, he was just newly converted. He had been in a, well, actually he'd been in the ditch when he came into the mission. But when he got converted, the next day they met him, some of his old companions, and he said, hey, you look different. He said, I am different. I'm a new man. My God had made, by God's grace, he become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we in church pews need that message too. Because sometimes we think we've grown up and we are, we are very, very religious. But you know it's possible to be religious and lost? It's possible to have an idea and still we can read a book and we can say all the nice things and some of us have beautiful singing voice. I heard so well voices just in the room as I was coming in here. What a beautiful singing you had. But I, uh, I, even with all of that, 
We need the one major thing Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's the great thing that's needed. That's the great change that's needed, like that poor guy uh, who was out of the gutter. He became a new man when he met the master. That's the great truth. And when we meet Jesus face to face, there'll be a new thing. Our thirst for things will be quenched. We'll find, a, we'll find something that will satisfy our soul far beyond the worldly things that draw men's eyes away, uh, draw women's hearts away. So often in our world today, everything seems to go the wrong direction. You hear people complaining, oh, this isn't what it used to be and this isn't how it should be. And they have, um, they recently had elections and everybody was promising everything. I don't know which way they went, but they had a wonderful time promising anyway. But you know that it takes more than promises to change a man. It takes the grace of God. And here Jesus said, if any man thirst. And then he made this promise, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, they shall be satisfied. There is a great thing there. If you're hungering and thirsting this morning, don't let that hunger and thirst go out of you until you get it satisfied with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great truth there is in there. There is something true there even for those of us who are Christians. Too often we get satisfied with too little. And then we become like the old Israelites. They started to mumble when they didn't have enough water. We need the living water that will satisfy the soul and keep it flowing. Let nothing stand between you and your Savior. Let nothing stand between you and finding the victory in your soul that you need. This is the great truth that he brings out. Blessed, happy are those. Uh, I know that some of our Bible versions say happy are they, but you, I like the word blessed because our happiness doesn't come of ourselves. Sure, I can get happy over something. You know, I, I saw some people get happy over lotteries and get happy over this. But that isn't what he's talking about. He's talking about something greater than that. God bestows a blessing that is beyond happiness. He bestows something that will take you through the hard times of life in spite of everything, you can be a blessed man. He can give you this, that satisfaction when you hunger and thirst for something more from him. He will meet that hunger and thirst. He said, they shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. He gives this beautiful thing, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, said someone, I haven't seen God. I saw him in the face of others. I saw him as a young boy in my father's service when my father was preaching. And as a young boy, I went up to that old penitent form, knelt there. 
I saw their mercy. I saw their pardon. I saw their grace that God gives that can stand the test of life. He is able. Someone might say here today, but you don't know my case. I'm going to tell you this. He's able to save to the uttermost. Doesn't matter how deep your case has gone. He's able to pull you up out of the mud. He saved an apostle Paul by knocking him down on the way to, to where he's going to try and murder some people. And he took that man and made him an apostle. That's the God's grace. He took a man who was thirsty for other things and touched his life and changed it. You know the touch of the master's hand. Of course, some have heard that poem where they tell the old violin being held up and it was made rather low. Until one man came up and he tightened the bow and, you know, and he started playing, playing a music almost like an angel would sing. And then he, they held, the auctioneer held it up, sold it for thousands of dollars. He said, what made the difference? Was the touch of the master's hand? It's the touch of the master's hand that will make the difference in your life and mine. It's the touch of his hand and the flow of the spirit of the watering of our souls that will make the difference in this church. We need to shake the community. We need to see a revival. We say, oh yes, well, that, that's almost impossible. Impossible to man, but possible with God. Here we are this morning. I wonder as I look out, are you thirsty? Are you hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Put Jesus first right at the center of your life. When we were up north, we had, we worked among some of the native children. And we, had, we taught them a little chorus. Put Jesus first in all that you do. Put Jesus first. He'll take care of you. And we heard these, some of these dear little children sing that song. It meant something to them because there was nothing else in their life much worth living for. But when God comes in, he can make the change. He can make the transformation. This is why there is joy in Christianity. This is why there is peace in Christianity. This is why we can say there's peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we can say to the dry and thirsty soul, he is able to give you abundantly. He's able to water the soul. He's able to bring life and liberty to you as you come in contact with him. Well, here we are this morning. I'm looking out now on you. I'm wondering whether upstairs or downstairs. Maybe you're here. I don't know whether you're here for the first time or maybe you sat under the gospel for many times. But you've never yet come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
he is able to save to the uttermost. No, don't tell me your case is too hard. It's not too hard for God. Don't tell me neither that, uh, oh, I don't believe in God. I'd just be respectable. Uh, if you don't believe in God, don't tell anyone because the Bible says the fool hath said in his heart that there's no God. And you're a bigger fool if you utter it. No, just keep it quiet because you don't want everybody else to know what a fool you are. There's, there has to be a beginning. There has to be a creator. Yes, there's a God. But there's a God who can change and reach your life. Some of us who are older Christians, may God revive us. We need a breath of the Holy Spirit in his fullness. We need that water to refresh the soul. We need that thing that touches a heart, clears out the dirt and dross and fills it to overflow. That's where the Bible speaks that there is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of our God. The word is true. Now here this morning, if you need the Savior, say, old song says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that can be done in the moment you come to him. That can be in the moment you turn from your old life, your own ideas, and say, here, Lord, all there is of me. Wash away the guilt of the past. Change my life. Give me a new beginning. The word of God says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. The old all things become new. God bless you this morning. As I look out here, am I looking at, is there anyone here that needs the Savior? If you are Christians, keep rejoicing, but keep fishing for other souls. If you are believers, we need that God will revive his work in the midst of the years and that people may rejoice in him. We are in need of the breath of the Holy Spirit afresh upon his church. As believers, we need to seek his face and say, Lord, revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee. I'm closing. Closing so that you have sufficient time to seek the Lord before you go home. Now, I'm, we're opening an altar of prayer. We're opening a we didn't used to call it an altar. We used to call it a penitent form, a place where you can seek the Lord. I would like, if you are not converted, you've never known the Savior, this can be the morning of that great change. This can be the instant when the God enters into your life and your sins will be blotted out. They will never be brought up against you. He will so forgive you that he blots them out. You will be a changed person. 
If you're a believer and you say, I have had struggle with my inner life, he's able to cleanse the heart. The waters of his eternal life can cleanse that heart and fill you with his spirit. This can be a morning for you. And for the rest, if we are seeing things as they really are, when I see the things that are being allowed in our country, the excuses that are being made for sin, let us continue to pray, oh God, Revive us again in the midst of the years that thy people may rejoice in thee. That is our need. That is God's promise. That is the Holy Spirit's work. That is why Christ was smitten once for all. And from him flows not just water, but the waters of great salvation, the waters of divine grace, and they can be yours this morning. You can enter in by trusting him completely. He's worthy of your trust. Let's pray. Father, we bring before thee this congregation. Father, we are sometimes become as people believing thee, and yet sometimes we get into form. Stir our hearts, Lord. Revive us again. Move upon us that thy people may rejoice in thee. We pray for any here, Lord, that know thee not. May this be the day of the great change. May this be the day of deliverance. May this be the day of victory. May this be the day when water flows to their heart. They might find thee. Father, we pray thy blessing upon those who have come. We pray, Lord, for those who your spirit is dealing with. By my faithful word of God, you forgave the invitation whose will may come. We ask the Lord that your Holy Spirit will not leave or cast aside, but turn the tide of conviction and conversion and blessing on. Bless the church. We need thy presence. We need a greater fullness of thy blessing to see a move made in this church, in this town, in this city, in this country of ours. God, move upon us. Give to us the spirit of power and of supplication until we see the arm of the Lord made bare. And bless we especially pray, Father, for any who are here who know thee not or who are struggling at this time. May thy Holy Spirit 
in faithful love deal with them. May they turn to thee. May they find thee as a savior from all sin. Bless, we pray thee, in Jesus' precious name.